And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is the, truly the way to worship him. So when we talk about practices and tools with our body, we're talking about truly worshiping him. And then in verse 2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. That's what we're looking for. Tools that help us complete the transformation. So last week, the two practices I focused on were, one, engaging in transforming community, and two, confession. So the choice to walk together in transforming community was covered in depth in the Intend series, and that's available on our website and iTunes. And um, we work, we're working hard at having the sermons uploaded and ready there for you to listen to again. So that in that entire series of intent was about engaging and transforming community. And then secondly, confession. It's a multifaceted practice that includes personal openness before the Lord, allowing him to reveal to you what is true about yourself and receiving his cleansing and forgiveness as we confess sin. It also includes times where uh, in a group of two or more, we confess our faults one to another. The book of James says that we will then receive healing from God. And it can also involve making confession on behalf of a larger group or nation. So today's tools, I'm going to start, I have just have two, but the first one is engaging with scripture. Okay, engaging with scripture. One of our core value statements is what we believe in scriptural authority. And it says the Bible is God's truth and power revealed to us through his inspired words as the final authority for our lives. That's the starting point. We accept that the scripture is God's word and inspired by him. Hebrews 4.12 says that the word is living and active. There is no other book like the Bible. God speaks through his word in real time. As we are reading it, as we are speaking it out, as we are listening to it, he speaks through it, even though it was written thousands of years ago. Having a practice of regular engagement with the word of God is a primary tool for transformation. Now, here's the reality. We are living in unprecedented times with unprecedented access to the Bible. And it can lull us into a lack of appreciation. Just because we are overrun with copies of Bibles on our shelves and apps and websites galore offer us instant access to Scripture... The fact that it is easy to access God's word does not make it less valuable. Okay, we are used to supply and demand economics. And the more available and easy and free something is, we tend to lessen its value. 
But we must be careful about that with this unprecedented time in the word of God. It is accessible. Generally, you can have it for free on any device. But that doesn't make it less valuable. And we need to be uh, aware of that and never allow ourselves to be lulled into a lack of appreciation for his word. I just read in a devotion a story that is not from the Middle Ages before the printing press, but is from a situation with the Taliban that happened a few years back, where a set of missionaries from South Korea were um, kidnapped. And they had one of the missionaries was able somehow to hide a Bible and tore the Bible into 23 sections and, and, you know, secretly handed it out to the team of missionaries so that as they, and then they were wound up putting in isolation and everything, each of them would at least have a piece of the Bible <laughs> with them. I've heard of stories where in um, China, where a Bible would be divided up by page, and people would just treat whatever page they got as so precious. We need to remember that the Word of God is precious. And, and even though it's easy to access, that doesn't make it less valuable. So there are many, many ways to engage with Scripture. And my gut tells me that most of you have found multiple ways of hearing God's Word, giving attention to His Word. So today, and when I'm talking about tools for transformation, I just want to share with you a tool that maybe you have or have not experienced. It's called Lectio Divina, and it's just one of the ways to engage with Scripture, okay? Here is some background, and again, I'm using material from Ms. Calhoun. Lectio Divina means hearing of Scripture, This type of reading is aimed more at growing a relationship with God than gathering information about God. The first 1,500 years of church history were characterized by the practice of Lectio Divina since many people were illiterate and many that could read didn't have Bibles. Lectio Divina offered a way of attending to Scripture as it was read in church with an ear to hearing a word from God. Devotional reading of scripture is rooted in the assurance that every part of the biblical story, letters, parables, gospels, prophets, history is inspired and can give voice to God's particular word to us. So the steps are one silence or, and and these are all Latin words. So silencio silence, which means just quiet preparation of the heart. Two, Lectio, which means reading the word, whatever passage you've selected, not rushed, but reading out loud, not just to yourself. You're, you're on purpose reading out loud, even if you're by yourself, okay? Third is Meditatio, meditate, read the scripture a second time out loud, and reflect on any of the words that light up to you. And fourth is oratio, respond and pray. 
You read the a third time out loud, but this time as you're reading it, you're also responding in prayer to the Lord with what has come to you from that scripture. You enter basically into a dialogue with God. And then five, contemplatio, just means contemplate, rest, and wait in the presence of God. It's a very simple exercise, and but that's how it works. So I'm offering this to you as just perhaps a new tool in your toolbox to help you engage with Scripture. I always receive something unexpected, unexpected when... I practice Lectio Divina. It's, it's fascinating to me. So this past Thursday, because I knew I was going to do the, talk to you about this today, we had our, our monthly um, MLT meeting, board meeting, and so I led them in Lectio Divina for our devotion at the beginning of the meeting. It was fascinating how each member received a unique insight from the Word, even though we were all reading the same passage together. God spoke to each of our hearts and encouragement needed for the immediate circumstance of that person, unique. And that's what I'm trying to say. God's word is living and active, and he brings what you need at that moment from his word. So again, this is not deep theological, doctrinal Bible study, okay? But it's growing your relationship with God in that moment, listening for his voice through his word. I, um, as I said, don't do the, I don't practice this every day. I don't even practice it every week, but I want to share it as a tool with you because of the way it does, has brought transformation for me. And it's just one way of engaging with scripture. So on your notes, I've written out the little steps and I encourage you in the next week or so, just try it. Just choose a passage. It could be one of the scriptures we've used today. It could be something that comes from your daily reading. So let me say that I use the um, version Bible app. I'm doing a, a daily reading that comes from that. Craig and I are actually doing the same reading plan this year. And that's kind of cool because we're able to sometimes debrief, you know, what today's thing was about. This is back to that easy access. There is so many ways to engage with God's word. So earlier this week, another time, I had already done my reading, but I'm preparing this sermon. (laughs) I'm like, you bet you haven't even done Lectio Divina in a while. You should, you should practice it. So I took one of the scriptures that was from the, that I had already read earlier that morning. And I just did this little exercise with it. So I'm not, I'm not even saying I took 30 minutes with it, probably 10 minutes. It was amazing because even though I had already read that scripture, doing this exercise of reading it out loud and, 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 Giving, reading the same thing over again three times lifted something out of that passage that I just hadn't even seen. And it turned out to feed into a prayer that I was praying for Paul, actually, while he was in um, 
11 interviews in one day, you know, but it just fed into knowing how to pray for him. And so that's just an example, something totally unexpected, a passage I had literally just read two hours earlier, but now I'm doing this exercise and I'm getting something fresh out of it. I offer it to you as a way to engage with scripture. It's a tool for transformation. Of course, there are many, many ways to engage with scripture, meditation, scripture memory, devotional guides, reading plans, Bible studies. We're going to have a Bible study hosted here in the summer. I encourage you to have multiple ways that you are engaging with the living, active, inspired word of God for transformation. All right. The second one is prayer. Now, I understand that this probably just sounds so basic. Oh, thank you, Pastor Brenda. We are supposed to study, you know, read the Bible and pray. Great. I'm glad we've got these newfound tools that nobody ever heard of for transformation. Okay. I get it. But I'm trying to push us out of a rut. Okay. If you have been... Yeah, I know the Bible. Yeah, I know. Pray. I want to refocus and say, look at this and pay attention. This is basic tools for transformation. So from our core value statement, bold prayer. Anything is possible in a relationship with God through Christ Jesus. So we move forward in prayer, not shrinking from risk or opposition, believing and professing God's will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So we have had many seasons of emphasis on prayer in the past few years, and the topic is so broad and so deep. I'm sure we will have more, but today I'm going to focus on prayer through a parable of Jesus. We are looking at Luke chapter 18. And Luke prefaces the parable with this explanation. Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. Okay? So this parable doesn't have any mystery to it. Why did Jesus tell that story? It's so confusing. Nope. He just said, here's why. That they should always pray and never give up. All right? So Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. One day, Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people. But this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? 
So Luke tells us that this story is specifically to encourage the disciples to not give up and to always pray. So that's where my focus has been over the years, whenever I read this passage. So much so that I actually couldn't remember exactly what this dear woman was praying for, or in the case of the story, constantly bothering the judge with. I got it mixed up. I thought she was coming to get her daughter healed. And no, that was the Phoenician woman. And, you know, it's like, what was she praying for? Whatever it was, you know, the judge gave it to her. What was she trying to get? And what did Jesus say you will get? She was seeking justice. Micah 6, 8 Do we have that one, Kathy? No, O people, the Lord has told you what is good, and this is what he requires of you. To do what is right, the NIV says to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Sure, God, that's a snap. This is all you got to do. Do what's right. Love mercy, walk humbly with God. Justice. It's so simple and yet so powerful and powerfully discouraging when justice is not served, that it causes people to stop praying and to give up. Jesus promised in this passage, I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. God is going to give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night. Don't give up. Don't stop praying. Jesus picked this story on purpose to help people not give up and to not stop praying. What story did he pick? A story about justice. Justice is, you know, can be defined a lot of ways. You can just define it as life ain't fair. And just decide, well... I'm not going to trust God because he hasn't been fair to me. Junk has happened to me that isn't right. Stuff has happened to me that just isn't fair. Why should I pray to God? And Jesus told this story to say, don't give up and don't stop praying. Don't let the fact that justice isn't happening for you, make you give up and stop praying. Who did Jesus say in the story we should look for, look to for a lesson? I expected it to say, verse 6, it said, Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this persistent widow. Look at her. She never gave up. She just kept coming and making her request. That's not what he said. He said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Why are we looking at the judge? Because he's wanting our eyes on the main judge. He wants our eyes to look beyond that unjust judge because then he says, even he rendered a just decision. Don't you think God 
will surely render justice? Lift your eyes up to God and trust that he is supremely just. And don't give up. Don't say prayer doesn't work because justice isn't happening. Don't decide to stop praying because stuff hasn't been fair. Because somebody else got theirs and I didn't get mine. Or whatever. Whatever that means to you personally in your life for justice. And then, you know, go ahead and expand out to the entire world. And say, why is there suffering? Why is there evil? It's not fair. I think I'll just give up. Why is there bad stuff going on? I think I'll just quit. And what does Jesus say? He said, but when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? He knows that it's wearing us out. He knows that you are tempted to give up when you see Injustice. And this question. Has been an ongoing conversation that I've had with Jesus since my teen years. What did you mean, Jesus, when you said. When you return, will you find faith? It sounds foreboding. It sounds melancholy, and it includes a sense of mystery. Did Jesus know the answer to his own question? Will Jesus find on earth, when he returns, people of faith? If Jesus was walking up and down the streets of Vienna with some kind of faith detector, (laughs) he's looking for it. Where is it? Will he find faith? Will he find faith when he returns? I believe that there are people of faith in this town. And I don't think they're all just right here. I think our friends at Vienna Presbyterian and First Baptist Church and Vienna Baptist and and Faith Baptist and Holy Comforter and Our Lady of Good Counsel and St. Mark's and Emmanuel Lutheran and Antioch Church. And I believe there are people of faith in Vienna, but I can't control anything that's going on. I actually can't control anything going on right here in this wall, but I can try to influence you and say... Church, don't give up and always pray. When the Son of Man returns, I want this to be lighten up that faith detector where he finds faith in this church and he finds a people that trusted him and never gave up and always prayed. Can somebody say, yes, Pastor Brenda, I'll be fun that has faith. Okay, then just say amen. Amen. All right, thank you. Prayer. 
It's important for transformation. And if we give up because we haven't seen it working, that is what Bethany talked about, walking backwards in our faith. We don't want to give up. We always pray because God is faithful and just. And what he's looking for us is to do justly, love mercy, walk humbly with him. We can't control everybody else's justice, but we can control ours. We can do justly. We can love mercy. We can walk humbly with him and not give up. So here's how we're going to close today. I just want to say I have a stack of books on the topic of prayer. <laughs> I'm, I could share some with you. So many of them are on my Kindle. But there are types of prayer. There's theology of prayer. There's reasons for prayer. There's ways to pray. There's all kinds of things. And, and we probably will talk more about this in more depth to build the tools. But today what I felt strongly that I needed to just say is don't stop praying. Don't give up. So how I want to end today is just to have a moment where we're just quiet before the Lord. And if some injustice in life, whether it's very personal or whether it's, you know, as wide as the whole world, whatever it is that has impacted you, in a way that's discouraging, in a way that would make Jesus ask the question, when I return, will I find faith? Because he knows it's tough. But he wants to find faith when he gets back. So I want you to just take a moment if it helps to write it down, do that. And we're just going to give some space here to lift that before the Lord and recommit to not giving up. Let's stand together. And we're just going to, as a benediction, not sing, but read these words out loud together. Okay? So I want you to lift your voice. We're just going to say the words of this verse together. All right? Let's do it. Your love, O Lord, reaches to the heavens. Your faithfulness stretches to the sky. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains. Your justice flows like the ocean's tide. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You have a great week and always pray and never give up. Engage with scripture, engage in prayer. Amen. God bless you.